Welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian talk about different marketing topics on their mind. Adrian, what's on your mind this week? Hi, Josh. So um, what is on my mind this week and all weeks, to be honest, really, is why do people buy and at the core jobs to be done and understanding customers' jobs to be done. And I'm running a little experiment for myself. Hmm. I wanted to be able to demonstrate that without having conversations with customers, without really doing comprehensive jobs to be done interviews, companies don't, or people, consultants don't understand actually why their customers buy and they're not actually meeting those true pain points. So I'm running a little experiment, reached out on Twitter about it. And I'm just, it's always on my mind. Like what are people's true motivators, um, the, the core reasons they buy, and then how do we as brands portray that and uh, relate that back to them on in messaging and copy? Ooh, interesting. I think I uh, was, well, so two things. One, yes. I had a very similar idea on a totally different tangent, which I'll bring up later in this episode. But okay. first, I do want to just find out, like, so what happened? You put this out there on Twitter and mm-hmm. you asked people to essentially, I think, be interviewed, right? And um, yeah. so so what kind of results did you get? Yeah, I wanted to keep it to B2B SaaS tools and because I've done this before um, as an example when I have my course. So I run mm-hmm. through a full Jobs to be Done interview on the course and um, make sure that people get to see that example. And it was that time it was about a D to C product. It was some, you know, consumer product, but I really wanted to keep this one B2B SaaS. Um, that's mainly, mainly, excuse me, who I'm focused on, who I really want mm-hmm. to appeal to. Um, and I wanted to see, cause I, I was going through my process and thinking like a lot of my ideal clients, they don't understand their market. So there are a few things that we're going through kind of the buying triggers of why they hire me. Either their growth has stalled out and they've realized they don't understand their market or they're a new CMO or even a really veteran CMO and or VP of product and they're looking for new market opportunities. So they're looking for chances to upsell or expand in their market, um, gaps in their market, things like that. So that's why people come to me and I was like, how can I demonstrate to my ideal client that I know how to find the new market opportunities, things like that. What I can't do is share proprietary information. I can't go through and say, hey, look, this is what I did for so-and-so, and and here's all the things we found. Um, Here's some interviews that I did, like, that you just cannot. That would, I have Yeah, and you can't can't do it anonymized either, right? Like, you can't do, like someone sharing SEO and saying, here's all the, here's their traffic before and after, like they can show those charts, right. and they can blur out certain information, but all your meat is in the blur. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. Sense. So I create uh, like fake documents when I'm on sales calls and things like that. So I can say like, this is kind of what it looks like. I've got stuff like that. I've got case studies from clients who are willing to be named and they'll show the results, but I wanted to show the process and really just how, wide and how common it is for companies to be missing that mark on why their customers are buying on missing like the actual emotional triggers that's beyond just product development, product placement, things like that. So that's what this exercise is going to do. I, I threw it out to Twitter said, Hey, if you just recently bought a B2B SaaS product, 
and you want to talk about it, like I would love to interview you. And then I offered 30 minutes of my time. Like if you have questions mm-hmm. about research or a survey or whatever, I'm happy to chat with you about it. So I think I've got, I've got one interview next, actually. I'm interviewing my first one today. And um, five or six people signed up, which I thought was great. And I'm going to turn it into content for myself, which they know they're aware of like, hey, this is going to be content for my newsletter, content for social. Um, But and some of them were a little nervous, like, well, what what do I how do I need to prepare? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. What are you going to ask? Nothing. I said, no, (laughs) there's nothing. Just have the product in mind. And that's it. Mm Like Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a chat between us. Um, Very low stakes. I'm not going to ask you if you don't know a number off the top of your head, then you don't know it. It's not necessary to go do research. Um, So yeah, my goal is to kind of uncover their jobs to be done with the caveat that I'm interviewing one person about one product. You know, when I do a research project, we do 20 interviews. So it's easier to get a large uh, feel or the sentiment across the organization. But then just kind of say, now that we I've got this idea from customer X, is that being shown in the company marketing messaging content at all? Like, are we mm-hmm. seeing this pain point or this underlying reason? Um, and if we are, then great. Like, it's just going to kind of show my process and how I operate. So, right, that's what. So this, this exercise is. is this a person that already bought the the thing? So it's like, okay, so so yeah, you're getting like. Right, right, right. So you get it and hopefully reasonably recent. So this some of this stuff is still in their brain. So it's not like, oh, why did I buy Slack 10 years ago? I don't remember. Like, just as long as I remember, we've always used this. Like, that's not going to be very helpful. Right. But what even if it is that what that is helpful for me to understand, um, I may not get to the the why and the triggers in that buying moment. But even with the 10 year old interview type purchase, I can understand how it's serving them today Mm, really, really well. Right. Right. So from a retention standpoint or like a how has that changed over time? And like that could be make, make for great copy on a on a website eventually is like this is the transformation that happened and this is what it feels like on that other side right there are like i've always said there are about three kinds of buckets of interviews you want to do when you're looking at jobs to be done new customers are one of them and then your very very best customers your longest customers is also one of them and if you can get them on the phone your close calls your lost deals is also the third one that i always recommend okay cool so while you're talking, I had two more ideas for you, <laughs> but okay. before, Shoot. before we get to that, well, before we get to that, let me get to my other topic. So I don't tease the audience in terms of like the, the other thing I was going to say, like why this hit my brain at the same time. I see apparently it hit yours. So it was yeah. on a dog walk. I was on a morning dog walk. That's all good. And ideas yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I was thinking about also like, stuff we're working on with referral rock and and what helps us you know people refer because they're happy buyers or happy customers that types of things for a Mm -hmm. customer referral so it got me thinking like how did that purchase happen and also what are those touch points for this it's basically a jobs to be done interview it's like how and it was it made me wonder oh should we be do our customers know these things about their buyers and how how much that could be helpful and influential in them like 
you know, how they want to design their program or whatnot. But it was, it was interesting because I was like, ooh, and I'd love to interview them. It'd be fun to just interview as part of, I mean, this is probably getting further down the funnel, but or not further down a tunnel, so to speak. But like, could our onboarding specialists like interview some of their customers to really understand so what they could like, how a referral program could work for them or also what triggers and what uh, incentives they could use to potentially want to like, you know, would they even refer? There's that classic NPS question of like, Mm -hmm. you know, how likely are you to uh, refer a friend or that type of thing? So that's where it kind of got, I was like, my brain went into this mode of like, how could I do this? How could it is probably not worth it for us, but it did. That's where my brain was. And then I saw your thing pop up and I was like, Hey, we're like, it's like we're sharing half a brain right now. (laughs) So let me, let me get some clarity for referral rock. You're wondering, Mm -hmm. just brainstorming at this point, Mm -hmm. would it be value add for referral rocks team, somebody on your team to interview one of your customers, customers or your own customer? (laughs) <laughs> it's what you said first. Our customers, customers to just understand what sort of, uh, what would prompt them to refer. So like, how do they design their program to align well with their customer's buyer journey, so to speak? Nice. That would it's definitely far-fetched, be, honestly. It's, it's like a lot of steps for us. <laughs> so. It would be a lot of steps. And <laughs> the only thing I would wonder is it would be the challenge with your customers. Like how do, mm-hmm. why do you want access to our, you know, like your customers would ask, why do you want access to our customers? Um, things like that. But if you could get it, like that would be, that would almost be a whole nother product, obviously. Cause now you're handing right. off, like here's a roadmap for you guys to implement more referrals in your business. Like that's what we're trying to help you do is increase your referrals and, uh, build out this program for you guys. That would be cool. Definitely has some challenges though. So where my brain went further, and this is where it actually ties into an idea for you. So this is going to be fun. So then it went into, well, getting access to my customers, customers is going to be a challenge. Yeah. What if I put out a thing about interviewing different people? And basically it was what you did. (laughs) So, so, and then the, the part where it got, this is my uh, lead gen and sales brain. I was like, well, do I care that it's one of my customers? What if, who responds to this? And could now that be used as a, if I got good information from them about why they bought basically more of your jobs to be done stuff, like what motivated them? What mm. ref- are they willing to refer? What t- sort of rewards would they be interested? So both the jobs to be done plus a like, referrals to be done. I will say, I will just I call see. it. Uh-huh. And, and, and could I use that as outbound? Not that we right. do outbound, but like sending it to them or sending it to, let's say it was, you know, we joked Slack. Someone, let's say we wanted Slack as a customer and we interviewed, we found three people and said, Hey, interview me about your, or I want to interview you about your buying decision to buy Slack. And we interview them. And then we have like three or four interviews and we distill the information. And then we go to Slack and be like, Hey, I've got this great uh, information for you <laughs> and about how we design a program for you based off of research we've done. Um, probably not doing outbound, but this is honestly how my brain works. So that thought would, about it for you as a lead gen thing. That would be 
Really amazing. So what the way I could see that is I would create like my top 25, right? Top 25 clients that I want to serve. Mm-hmm. Then going off and finding their customers, buyers. Their, current, yeah. their current buyers and saying, hey, I'm just testing, doing whatever research. Can you talk to me about this? Or maybe even it's just a survey and then pulling that and saying, hey, we've got some pretty interesting data. I've been talking to your buyers. I, yeah, that would be, that would be pretty cool. Also, yeah, intense though. That would be like, you would have to be, that would have to be like your cream of the crop, like dream mm-hmm. kind of clients. Cause you are putting in a lot of time to, to potentially. Well, maybe it's just, maybe you buyers. just do two and you're just like, Hey, here's some interesting things. I'd love to do more to essentially get an actual, get, get like 20 so that it actually has some, some identifying real trends other than just one person or two people. Right. And that's one of the things that I was going to, you know, in my experiment make really clear is that obviously I'm speaking to one person and I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to do a tear down. I I hate tear downs. I I think they're not a great way to market your, I mean, nothing. I don't like them. Um, So just the name itself, why do I want to tear someone down? Like I don't, know what's going on inside that company. I don't know the people in there. I don't know the data that they've got, you know, all of that stuff. I, you come in blind when you do a teardown, which is one reason why I think they don't work. Um, and after doing one I, interview, I would I make it say, I do want to stop you on teardowns because let's, let's, let's do a whole episode on teardowns. All right. Let's put a pin <laughs> in that one. Uh, and so I, I would want to make sure that it was like, no, like I'm not trying to tear down what's already been done. I just want to, you know, show my process and, and basically point these things out. Um, but using that as a legion is an interesting idea, at least tagging the company and saying, Hey, did you know this da, 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 on social might mm-hmm. be an interesting approach. That way it's not so much like I'm in their face in an inbox, but we're saying, Hey, look, this is why so-and-so bought your product and this is what they love about it. And this was the buying trigger they had. Did you know that? That could be interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. Oh, what could be, I'd add a, cause because you're doing this anyway, like we've already talked about, it. you have one, we have, you have one lined up. It'd be interesting if you had a couple in a similar segment, so then mm-hmm. you could draw at least conclusions across a segment, right? So like, Hey, yeah. here's five interviews across, you know, B2B buyers buying marketing software, just as an example. And it's like, here's some common trends among these five things across these five buying, you know, experiences for these companies and tagging them in it. And then it's sort of like, it's serving you. It's not necessarily going aggressively outbound towards them, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, here are some, here's not only me and my interview skills, but here's me drawing conclusions horizontally across the industry, not vertically just for you. Um, and here's a thread on it. Here's some conclusions. Here's like a minified version of some of the things like you don't have to go full bore like you would on your major clients, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. That is cool. Now the question is, is how do I find buyers in a particular industry besides just like a Twitter blast, like just saying, Hey, anybody bought a B2B dashboard lately? Like, I mean, I guess I could do that, but it'd be more interesting if I'm like, Hey, I know that you're a customer of. Like if I'm going to do productivity apps, I could do a money.com customer and a ClickUp customer mm-hmm. and a, a Sana mm-hmm. customer. And then how to know who is who. Oh, social listening. That's how I would do it. I would 
put the brand names in social listening, see who's talking about them and reach out and ask those people. Boom. That's how I would get that done. There you go. There you go. Then pop into those communities and pop in there. Mm-hmm. See? Cool. That's not a bad idea. That's a, I'm glad we're recording because I'm going to yeah. turn around and use this. <laughs> okay. So here, here's the last one. So a last, I maybe I, saying it's the last idea is probably really uh, not, not a good thing for me to say because <laughs> there's probably more that'll come out as I'm talking. But yeah. Here was the other idea was we just talked about some offers in a previous podcast mm-hmm. and what are your thoughts on pairing this as like a pay offer type of thing, boxing in to just do one interview, right? Like the same way, like $200, I'll do one interview. Like you give me the customer, whatever else. So just again, low commit, like, mm. hey, you know what? I'm only throwing away $200 or $500, whatever that is. I'm giving an email address. I'm introing you. It's not your full. I know you have a, especially with buyers today, everyone's more cost sensitive on spending, you know, $10,000 yeah. or signing up for a long-term retainer. But tipping into this offer of like, again, getting some resonance, showing your expertise like you probably already have people visiting, but they may not know what they can afford. And you could still right. advise, yes, it's going to be better if you get 20, but what can I get you with five? Or let's just start with one and you get an idea of how these go, like what can be drawn from it. Because like the insights I know that you can pull out of them are just like, oh, that's really cool. I want more nuggets. Like where are those? Or is this a trend or is this not? If anything, it tips into curiosity and yeah. you get to charge a little bit for it. And that's probably the meeting you're having anyway, except for maybe not doing a full interview. But interesting. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I've never done one jobs to be done interview um, for clients, obviously. Like when you work with client work and you're trying to pull like analysis, even the smallest one I've done, I've got one that's what I would consider tiny and that's five interviews plus some analysis stuff. And you know, that's the project that's like less than 10 grand. So that's the one I kind of feel like, oh, I can sell that one easier. Um, but the one interview, that's an interesting concept for sure. Um, it almost puts me in, it would be like a different demographic. Like I could see that one going for the very early stage founders who are like, I just need to figure out like maybe they only have five customers, right? Like sometimes I'm working with clients where they're very early, very young, Um Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I th- we were talking about that in the last one, but it, it makes it to where you're getting paid to show your expertise. So mm-hmm. it's not about the end product, idea. right? It's not about the end product and value. It's really about like, yeah, getting resonance and explaining your expertise in a way that you both win a bit. Like yeah. if they turn out to be a bad fit, you'll find out quickly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And, yeah, and probably here's a, it's a, it's a qualification mechanism as well. Cause if they can't, easily give you a customer that you could contact with, like there's probably other things that are going to be more challenging for them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point too. No, I like that idea. I'll have to marinate on that one for a while, but I liked the, um, the, the easy swap of creating a link in your LinkedIn that goes straight to a notion page, boom, Mm -hmm. connect that to Stripe, a Calendly link and you're done. Like now you've got an offer, easy, low lift, um, And then you're able to showcase your expertise. And then actually they would, I mean, they'd get value out of it. Like they'd at least hear from one customer, which sometimes for some folks, they they haven't done it all. Like they've never spoken to anybody. And so that would be extremely valuable. Yeah, I like that. Right, right, right. They're also probably just resistant immediately, like, or or initially 
resistant, right? Like, oh, I don't know if I could find 20 or I don't know what the value would be. And it's just like a, you can find one, right? Like, yeah. let's just do one. Let's just say like, that's fine. There'll be something there, or maybe you'll find out maybe it's everything you already knew. And then, you know, that's fine too. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. This could almost be the launch for that kind of product. Like since I'm already doing Ooh. the interviews, already doing one, right. already showcasing the things. Maybe it's a whole little mini launch of things Cool, cool. to service the bigger, bigger projects, bigger offerings. Interesting, Josh. You got some ideas. I like it. Yeah. Sometimes they just spew <laughs> out and I hopefully catch them somewhere. But you know, one muse. of those days. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Um, anything else on jobs to be done interview in this little project? Um, best of luck on your interview. Yeah, thanks. No, I think it's going to be great. Um, You know, I'm going to put them all together and then see, okay, really, how can this be used? What's the best use of it for my time? Um, And yeah, I definitely think that's an interesting idea. So, you know, if we've released the podcast, look and see if it's, if there's a link on my LinkedIn bio to Mm -hmm. sign up for your own jobs to be done interview. Maybe I launched it. Maybe I didn't. That's a hook. We should see. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Ooh, I have one favor to ask. And I mean, you don't have to do it. It's just, it's just a little ask basically off of those two ideas we were jamming on, which is in a, in a jobs to be done interview. What if at the very end, someone did ask like a, like that NPS question, like, would you refer? I don't know if that's in the interview set questions or just knowing that. And also just entirely self-serving for myself and my mm-hmm. want to more know more about what incentivizes people to share. Um, but like, yeah, what would incentivize them to share? You know, like um, doesn't have to be money. doesn't have to be like a type of thing. And I don't know how you could ask it without leading them to something, but I it would probably ask, would start with, would you refer? Right. I would ask about past referral experiences. I wouldn't ask about a future tense thing. If you ask someone what they're going to do in the future, they're going to give you your ideal answer. If you ask them what they have done in the past, you're at least going to get their best memory of it. Now, is that still completely accurate? Maybe not. But I would probably say- I, I, was, more about, I was more about the product you're interviewing them on. So like specifically if you're interviewing me on about buying, about Slack and just yeah. saying like, have you referred and- so, but I think you're, it's a fair point with the back. Yeah. But the, the and I don't, one. usually in jobs to be done, I'm not asking about referrals necessarily. Like, have you referred this product to somebody else? I don't even ask um, necessarily if they like the product. I ask very much, I want them to tell me stories about their experiences. Mm. So I get okay, to like, I got you. how does it make you feel? Well, when this happens, oh, that sounds like you're really frustrated. Tell me more about that. Um, so we get to mm. real, it, it, you know. It almost can sound like a therapy session if you kind of no, no. <laughs> unpack the uh, transcript a little bit. Cause, um, you know, I tell things like, tell me about the time. Like, what was going on in your company? Could you, okay, wait, you said this. Was it raining that day or was it like windy? Like, I'm really trying to put hmm. their mindset in the place of that day. And then um, at the same time, trying to uncover those core emotions really that drove the decision. And that, usually, that makes more sense. That makes yeah, more sense. Yeah. Usually, people don't buy for money, time, or like what's the other thing? Speed, basically, or something right. like that to save them money. Right. They're they're buying to um, like get themselves a promotion or save their own jobs right. or impress right. their boss. Like those are people's core 
actual drivers. Um, and that's what we want to get to with the jobs to be done interviews. So right. all that to say, um, it is it, the way you put together your questions is really important. Cause if you were to ask like, how would you refer this product? They would be like, I don't know. I guess I'd send a link, you know, it like, you're not right. going to get a story. You want to yeah. really try to get those stories out of them. Right now. And that makes sense also because essentially your end product with any of these things is like marketing insights is like getting more buyers is buyer personas, not, not referral personas, not like, (laughs) not, uh, how happy and retained are you? It's really not about that. It's more about like, what, what was that motivation that ticked you over to actually buy what was going on? All that pre pre context. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of my favorite. I I withdraw my request (laughs) (laughs) is customer like question development, question design. Oh, mm. I could spend all day just, just trying to decide what's the right kind of question and what's the best way to pose a question in order to get the best answer on the other side. Like that's that's one of my favorite things to do. All right. Before we wrap, I'm just writing that one down as another episode topic for like survey mm-hmm. design and question design. Oh. And that's probably like a 10 part series, but I we'll love start survey next design. time. Yes. Cool. Let's do awesome. that. Thanks, Josh. All right. Thanks, Adrian. Bye. Bye.